Hello, thanks for stopping by Liberty For Her, where we unpack one woman's entrepreneurial journey to help another woman launch her own. I'm your host, Netta Jones. We're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode in this six-part mini-series where we'll be getting you from ideation to launch. Last week, we spent some time putting pen to paper and talking about the dream. What could it be? In today's episode, we're taking a closer look at the new world you're about to become a part of. You'll begin your due diligence by researching your industry and your competition. Take time to do your homework here. The research and information you gather now and the conclusions you come up with will be the blueprint for the months and years to come. So the first thing we want to study is your industry. This industry overview will give you a clear picture of what's currently happening within your industry as well as its history. You'll also uncover the various trends and opportunities that exist in your field and determine how to take advantage of these. Once again, let's get pen to paper. I want you to start by listing everything you know about your industry. There'll be lots of things you don't know, and that's okay. Go ahead and make some educated assumptions, and Google is your best friend here. When doing this exercise, Be sure to ask the following key questions. One, growth in the market. Has there been any recent growth in your industry? If so, what do you think that growth is due to? Or perhaps there's been a decline. Why? Is there something your business can do to remedy that? For example, when housing costs are on the rise, people tend to hang on to what they've got. They don't sell their homes and they go in for a remodel instead. As a result, there's been growth in a few areas, DIY home projects, cable programming, offering viewers the do-it-yourself shows, and the expansion of mega home improvement stores. These are all clear indicators of growth in a particular market. The second thing I want you to look for is shifts in consumer behavior. Have consumer tastes changed relative to your product or service? Has there been a recent shift in the way people live that has created a need for your business? Another example is that more and more people have started to have babies later in life. As a result, we've got older parents and these parents tend to have more discretionary income and they're willing to spend lots and lots of money on these tiny humans. So in the last 20 years, we've seen a huge boom in the baby market. It's not because more people are having babies. It's because more people want to spend money on their babies. Most recently, we've experienced more Zooming and more online classes. People who once gathered in person to learn things, to work together, and even to gather socially are using digital platforms to accomplish the same thing. A third thing I want you to take a look at is changing sentiments or perceptions in the market. 
have consumer sentiments about your particular field changed? Are consumers responding differently to your business than they may have, let's say, in the last 10 years? An example here might be the wedding industry indicates that more and more money is being spent on weddings than ever before. Again, this is not due to market growth. There are less people actually getting married than there were uh, 20, 50 years ago, let's say. But so much more money is being spent on investing on that special day or in that special day. Again, let's look at post-COVID digital landscape. Many people got married online during the pandemic, and that trend is continuing. Perhaps you have a product or service that might enable these couples to marry online while adding more meaning and adding more sentimental value to their big day. If so, the change in perception towards online weddings is your chance to shine. Now I want to take a look at trends and opportunities. Look at what's going on in your market. What trends have you spotted while doing your research? Have there been any recent developments that make entering the market ideal or perhaps not ideal? Is this industry strong in the current climate? For example, you may want to reconsider becoming a professional house flipper, no matter how frugal or creative you are when it comes to renovating, if the real estate market is starting to plummet. Or again, looking at our recent history, if you were planning to open a brick and mortar operation, you need to really understand how your product is doing in IRL sales versus online sales. Is there a current trend in your specific industry towards buying online? Don't assume all industries do better online. Yep, even in this Amazon world that we're living in, there are plenty of things we want to have an IRL experience with. We want to actually go in and shop for these things, like a cup of hot coffee, for example. I want you to also ask yourself if the market is growing. Is there room for more competition? What are consumers looking for when it comes to the product or service you plan to provide? An example here might be cupcakes. They're hardly a new invention, and yet 10 years ago, there seemed to be a new one cropping up on every street corner. These bakeries were all doing the same thing, very similar product, a small individual-sized cake in various flavors. Yet somehow a few of them distinguished themselves from others, whether it was stylish branding and packaging, key locations, or maybe even a celebrity following. If you're ready to open a cupcake shop, you'll need to take a long, hard look at how you can differentiate yourself in the industry based on current trends, perhaps vegan cupcakes for those who are eating plant-based or are lactose intolerant. Maybe you want a mail-order cupcake business. By combining dairy-free cupcakes that can be sent all over the country, you've capitalized on two trends in the market. In this particular example, you're going super niche, so it's really nice to be able to offer that product all over the country to a wide group of people. Okay, so now let's look at opportunities in the market. Webster's Dictionary describes opportunities as a favorable juncture of circumstances or a good chance for advancement or progress. This is exactly what we're looking for here favorable circumstances, and a chance to expand, improve, and grow your business. 
So I want you to ask yourself if the industry you're pursuing is experiencing any changes that may create new opportunities. For example, let's say you want to pursue that cupcake mail order plan. Is now the time? Over the last 18 months, our circumstances were such that we were ordering more and more food to be delivered to our door. Now that people have grown accustomed to that, there's an opportunity in the market to continue to deliver that service to more niche products. Customers have grown comfortable with having food delivered to their door, and it's something they want or even demand from the market. So if this is your gig, it's time to supply them with it. I want to switch things up a bit and talk about your competition. And before you begin listing a group of competitors, take a moment to consider who is getting your potential share of money being spent by consumers. When trying to figure out who your competitors are, don't just go for the obvious ones. Just because you want to open a candy shop doesn't mean your only competition is another candy shop. In this particular case, your competition is anyone who satisfies a customer's sweet tooth. Once you start thinking in these terms, your potential consuming population will grow. For example, if I'm in the mall and I have a hankering for something sweet, I can purchase ice cream, frozen yogurt, a cinnamon sugar pretzel, a cinnamon bun, a donut, a sweetened coffee drink. It's endless what I have available to me. The options that satisfy my sweet tooth go way beyond a candy shop. We call this general competition. So on your sheet of paper, list your general competitors using the example I just shared as your guide. Once you've done that, go ahead and list your direct competition. These are companies that directly compete with your brand. In the candy shop example we gave earlier, the direct competition would be, you guessed it, another candy shop. And don't forget to include candy vending machines. All of these things are your direct competitors. Another exercise I find helpful is understanding how your consuming audience views the competition. So on a separate piece of paper, ask yourself these questions. One, does your potential customer think your competitors offer a good value? Two, do they think your competitors offer good quality? Three, Do they think your competitors are well-priced? Four, do they find your competitors to be convenient and easy to navigate? Think of location or website navigation in this case. Five, do they think your competitors offer a good service? And finally, six, is your potential customer willing to pay more for better value, quality, or convenience? Once you've answered these questions, take a step back and ask others around you how they view the competition. It's a great time for you to play the role of detective. For example, if you're going into the restaurant business, it's time to make a reservation. Get a bite to eat at a competitor's establishment. Ask a lot of questions of the wait staff, the hostess, the couple sitting at the table next to you. Ask the waiter what the best-selling item on the menu is. Ask the hostess what time of the day is busiest and ask the couple whose dinner you're about to interrupt if they have any recommendations. And don't forget to ask them if they've dined there, if they dine there often. 
And if you're looking for a good location, stand outside and study the foot traffic of your potential location. If you're opening a breakfast spot and your potential location is populated by crowds at night, you're gonna have to rethink either your location or your menu offering. Okay, now you've completed that exercise. I want you to take a critical look at what advantages you have over your competition. Remember, you don't have a business yet. We're just making assumptions here. But what key attributes distinguish you from the competition? What makes you so special? I mean, I already think you're special, but you know what I mean. Why would a consumer be willing to walk away from the competition and head your way? These are questions I want you to ask yourself. And this is the time to be really honest, brutally honest. If you sugarcoat things now, I promise you, you will pay for it later. Okay, you've done your homework. Now ask yourself how you feel about the business. Is it everything you thought it could be and more? You've taken a closer look at the industry you're about to become a part of. You've looked at the trends and the opportunities that exist in the market, and you've examined why moving forward makes sense, or maybe doesn't make any sense. You've identified the competition and considered how you will compete for customers. As a result of going through these exercises, some of you will have found a few weak areas, and that's exactly the point. I'm so glad you did, and I'm so glad you found it now. Don't get discouraged, keep moving forward. Some of these things that feel like roadblocks or issues now will become the very thing that differentiates you from your business and keeps the competition at bay while all those customers come flocking your way. I hope you're feeling one step closer to launching or relaunching your venture. Thank you so much for sharing this time with me today and I will catch you here next week. Bye for now. Liberty For Her is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Liberty For Her on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping your ventures. Liberty For Her is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Joy Windham, and music by Jordan Flower.